So you got to have a point of view. And what I mean by a point of view is I ask people three questions and I get emotional with the questions. I ask them, they're a little edgier on purpose. Number one, what ticks you off? Like what pisses you off? Number two, what breaks your heart? And number three, what's the big problem you're trying to solve? Because if you answer those questions, they come from the core. And that forms your point of view. That was my good friend, Mike Kim. Mike Kim is a speaker and marketing strategist who specializes in brand strategy and copywriting. He has been hired by some of the today's most influential thought leader brands, including John Maxwell, Donna Miller, Susan Evans, and Catalyst. For years, he was the chief marketing officer of a successful multi-million dollar company near New York City. Nowadays, that you can find him that he's teaching everything he knows about branding, entrepreneurship, and life through his hit podcast, Brand You. I really admire Mike that uh, his brand and his message is so refreshing. Today, we talk about that why I say I argue personal brand-based business is the best business model for Christian entrepreneurs like us. We also will talk about um, is it too late to build a personal brand and what exactly is a personal brand? Also, what should people do first when building a brand identity? Yes, there is an order. It's a step-by-step order that Mike gonna share with us. Also, we talk about visibility building. And I know that you guys ask me often about there's so much noise out there and everyone really tends to sound the same. How can we really say something that is unique? And so much more. One of the phrases you probably will hear me repeat a couple of times during this episode. We talk about the uh, entrepreneurship or personal brand-based entrepreneurship. It's probably one of the most toughest um, personal developed journey. Just think of that. I guarantee you, I hardly use this word, right? Guarantee. Let me rephrase it. I really promise you. If you listen to this episode and their time, actually I record video will upload to my YouTube channel as well that you will no longer feel bad about how you express your brand out there and how much is too much, that type of things, okay? So now, let's check with Mike. Welcome to the Christian CEO Podcast. I'm Katie Bother, and I have built an impactful location independent business since 2008 with plenty of rejections, English as my third language, and lots of God's grace. Each week, we will be sharing relevant and direct advice or inspiring interviews with one intention. It's your time to go pro with your marketplace calling. Now, let's get to it. Welcome to the show, Mike. I am so excited to be here, Kelly. Thank you for having me. And thanks for all who are tuning in. I hope to add some value to you today. You know... Don't you guys just see that we kind of full of wisdom because both of us are, are wearing glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Asian uh, people who wear glasses are smart. 
So exactly. Okay. Yeah. You guys hear that, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a perception right there. Yeah. Uh, that's perception. That's right. Yeah, that's perception. Yeah. So we all know that uh, Mike, I mean, I already in the introduction uh, that you guys know that if you, if you, if you don't know him yet, you know, uh, he's very uh, great at uh, when it comes to the personal branding and also the copywriting. And so really in this time, as a time of recording, and we'll be releasing is close to Christmas time in 2020. And globally, we are still dealing with the COVID and many places are locked down, right? And, but that also create a lot of opportunities. Um, you know, a lot of people probably before this, they never thought of, oh, I need to build a personal brand. And a lot of these kind of phrases, personal branding, the you know, out there. And I think, Mike, why not we start with define what is a personal brand? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, at, its, at its simplest, you know, uh, distilled iteration of it, a personal brand is just your reputation. We all have a personal brand, whether we realize it or not. Whether you're in business or not, you have a personal brand. It's how you think about certain friends. It's how you think about certain colleagues. Oh, she's uh, very, very uh, type A. We say that, right? Yeah, yeah. Or he's very lazy or, you know, she's so absent-minded or he's really, you know, um, into personal development. And we don't have the capacity, Kelly, to uh, fully know everybody we meet. It's in, in, impossible. I feel like a Lego brick, right? Yeah. You only have a few number of pegs. So the more and more people you meet, the less and less uh, you know about them, right, deeply. Mm-hmm. So you, you tend to view them through this lens of just one or two things because that's all they have room for. In, mm-hmm. And that's all you have room for in your mind. So a personal brand is simply um, the intentional crafting of how people view you through those one or two things. So these, you know, the act of branding is identifying something. It's, you know, it comes, you know, really from like the farmers, right? They would brand the cow. Right. And I want to be known as this one thing or these two things to the people around me. Now, that's different in the professional world versus how you are with your friends versus who you are with your family versus who you are with yourself. Because those could be four different identities, if, quote unquote, if you will. Yeah. But all of those things contribute to who you are. They are all a part of you. We don't have just one identity. We all have these alternate identities, right? I'm in work mode. I'm in family mode. We all say this. So a personal brand is just intentionally crafting that identity for the situation that you're in. That's such a wholesome you know, explanation because I got asked all the time, say, okay, so Kelly, so that means when I am in social media, for example, is that I always had to be like so prepped, everything, you know, always, well, we girls always makeup and full makeup and everything. And uh, can I have a moment of, you know, the real life moments, like, you know, I'm a mom, I'm struggling with diapers, you know, all the kind of things. So let's talk about that. That's a link to almost like a, 
overuse word called be authentic, mm. right? What does it mean to be authentic as a brand, as a personal brand business owner? Yeah, so let me kind of unpack that a little bit. Uh, I didn't know you were going to ask this, but I'm glad you did. Because um, when it comes to a personal brand business, there, I'll say this under the guise of authenticity, right? But there are people, there are two paths people seem to take. <laughs> okay? There are two paths that people seem to take. Some people, they overshare and they call that authenticity. Mm. They overshare like too much information about personal matters, about their struggles. You know, um, maybe it's a, it's a, it's a dis- disorder, a mental, mental thing, an emotional thing, a divorce, an affair, what, whatever. They overshare, right, in the name of authenticity. And does that get attention? Yeah, of course. But it gets the kind of attention that uh, you get when you see a car accident on the side of the road in the highway. It just looks like a car wreck. They're like, what, what is that disaster? You know, if you've ever been on the road and you slow down and there's like all this traffic and people are just rubbernecking, right? They're looking at the car accident. And your life is just kind of this wreck. And people feel like that is being authentic. Um, here's the thing, though. You can't, you can't build a tribe around a wreck. Right. You can't build a fire around it. Like, you know, one of the, one of the images uh, I like to give my, my students is, can you build a campfire around it? Mm. You know, can we sit down and have a conversation and, and invite other people to hang out? Can we build a campfire around this aspect of your brand? And if not, then it's not going to work, right? So that's, that's, that's one way people try to um, share or convey authenticity. The other path <clears throat> that I see people uh, you know, take in building a personal brand is that they just hide. They just lie. They yeah. hide all the parts of themselves that they don't want people to think. Before I mentioned the professional side, the personal side, you know, the spiritual side, the private side, all these things. And they hide the things. And they do have just this carefully crafted, polished image that they put there out there into the world. And that's not authentic either, right? That's not authentic either. So the way that I see being authentic in a personal brand is that you have to become the brand. You have to become someone worthy of being a brand. You don't build the brand. You become your brand. You, know, you become, you do the hard work to become the person that you're trying to sell to people. So if you are just type A at work, but you're not in other areas of your life, Right? I'm just using type A as an example because we all know type A people. Um, what that means, what I mean by becoming the brand is you look to become intentional, like type A people are, right? Uh, <laughs> very goal-oriented in other areas of your life. 
And in doing that, you embody who you are in one area of your life, in other areas of your life. And you're just starting to grow and become more of a whole person. You know, people sell false versions of themselves all the time, right? So being authentic in, in building a personal brand is a process of you becoming who you're trying to sell to others. And, and that's really the simplest answer that I can give. Simple. Okay. Simple, <laughs> but it's very deep. I love what you say that I literally uh, wrote down here, say, in another words, we almost can say to establish a personal brand business is probably one of the best personal development, you know, journey. Yes, absolutely. If you're doing it right. Right. <laughs> if, you're, if you're committed to becoming, you know, that brand, um, I'm absolutely positive, Kelly, that you have grown because of your entrepreneurship and your personal brand journey, you know, building a business around it, doing this podcast. Um, I'm 1000% sure because it's impossible not to yeah. confront your own limitations, you know, when you're trying to build a business around yourself. Mm. and around your personality. Um, you know, I, this is a world where, you know, it, I think it's going to weed people out. The people who say, don't do as I do, just do as I say. Mm. Because it's easy to talk. It's easy to say things. You just need a social media account. You just need a blog. You know, whatever it is, it's easy to talk. But the more and more time that passes and the more and more people get around you, they're going to be able to tell, you know, they're going to be able to tell if it's real or not. So sure. I might be an expert in marketing or branding or copywriting. And I can sit here at my desk and just churn out all this material. But if I let my health go to waste and my message to the world is, you know, go live your message, love your work, leave your mark on the world. And I don't do the hard work of taking care of my health or my emotions or my self-awareness. Like people are going to sense that. Right. And there are some people that we excuse just because they're so good at um, what they do that we overlook their flaws or we overlook their kind of shortcomings. Mm -hmm. You know, we turn a blind eye to them. You know, it's the entertainer who, or the actor who, you know, did really bad things, you know, yeah. but we're like, yeah, but his music is so good. We just, mm -hmm. you know, and yet when we're building a brand and again, not building, but becoming the brand, that's the, that's the key to authenticity that you've got to do the work to become, you know, what you're trying to sell to people. I think that also answer a question that people often ask, say, well, as Christians, you know, we are out there and uh, how we express ourselves to be, um, you know, basically properly present um, uh, the, 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 the kingdom of God and, and not over doing it because they over, quote, unquote, overdoing it uh, because they are, they're concerned that if they don't uh, present in this whatever specific way in their mind, that uh, they will bring shame uh, to, 
to themselves and to to God. And I think if truly just like what Mike say that we talk about, it's all about becoming that person um, that what God called you to become, basically, you know, uh, talk about face to face glow with glory. And then then we don't we don't have the problem, then you know, can you can shamelessly if God called you to do that, then you can shamelessly uh, do what you are called to do, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I totally hear what you're saying. And, you know, it makes me think because I work with a lot of, um, you know, I, I work with all sorts of people. You know, to me, people are people, regardless of, you know, their beliefs and their backgrounds. And having grown up a Christian, you know, in, in that world and growing up in a Korean American church, you know, yeah. where looking back on it, to be honest, most of what I learned in my church days was cultural. It wasn't, it mm. wasn't Christian. It was Korean cultural applications or overtones of that. And so, um, uh, so much of it was modifying my behavior. And it was exactly what you said. It's about shame and it don't bring shame. Well, that, you know, it's funny. I don't know that there's a lot of, I, I went to seminary. I don't know that there's a lot of scripture that would support your shaming the name of God. Exactly. I mean, he's been through a lot. Yeah. <laughs> he's seen it all, right? I don't know that I can bring so much shame that I would, you know, not, now we say don't dishonor the name of God, right? <clears throat> and this is not going to turn into a theology lesson, but this idea of don't shame our name that's a very Asian concept. Don't shame the family. Don't bring shame on the family. And so when you cake that on, on top of, you know, someone like me when I was growing up, on top of, you know, don't shame God, it becomes this very loaded thing. And so what happens, what shame does is it drives us to isolation and it drives us to hide and it drives us to um, um, be inauthentic. Right. And do things without being caught. Right. And when we do that, and then we eventually get found out because we will, mm -hmm. right. You can't hide these things forever. Or you just get sick of trying to hide them. And you just say, you know what? Forget this. I'm going to take off the mask. And that is actually the first step to becoming authentic. You know, just the frustration of it, just finally acknowledging that I'm tired of this. Right. And um, I feel that like, for us to, for us as Christian entrepreneurs, uh, ha we have to understand that behavior modification, and this is not what's going to attract people to us. And when you see non-believers, non-Christians who are out there, people who are not of our faith, um, what do they say? What's their biggest complaint? These people are fake. They're fake. They're hypocrites. That's the biggest complaint I hear. Yeah. It's not, they're stupid for what they believe. Now, there's a lot of that, the intellectual side of it. There's a lot of that. Um, there's a lot of this deconstructionism going on, all these things. But at the core of it, as a marketer, what I understand is people want to believe in good. They want to believe that there is something good out there. God, universe, whatever you call it, they want to believe in good. And the, the anger that comes out when they see someone who is hypocritical 
isn't just because they're angry at the hypocrisy. It's connected to a much deeper disappointment, Mm. a much deeper pain that, dang it, I thought, you know, I don't believe totally, but I, part of me just secretly hopes that there is something as beautiful as total redemption or total grace or total something. And I want to believe that something like that exists. And it doesn't. Look at this guy. And that's where the anger comes from. So, you know, I just want to reframe that for a lot of people. Most of these people are not against you or against us. They might get to that point because they were hardened for so many years and seen so many disappointments and abuse and, or, you know, any, you know, manipulation, any of those things. They're bucking against that, but what the, where that really comes from is a deep-seated pain and disappointment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I totally agree. I think like, you know, um, just in the recent uh, two, three years, I put out my banner, say, okay, I serve Christian entrepreneurs, but even, even now, I still have the, you know, the clients that are not share the same face. And they always, you know, they... They came to me is not because I'm a Christian. They came to me because they like what they see, what, what they saw the results, and I mean, as a person. And, you know, I name a high, so I say, well, I'm this and that, and then you're okay with it. Okay, okay, no problem. And then it's in the process. It's just like, you know, we make friends. Like, you know, when you, you make new friends, you get to know that person, and then they're happy to find, oh, okay, so there's a hope in life even you go through the dark times that type of things so yeah so what would you say mike if for um that people i know that they are listening you know this episode they say okay great then i know i am called to really start this you know personal i okay i'm willing to now put myself out there so is that an order or something to build a brand identity Yes, there is. <laughs> um, I, you know, that was, yes, absolutely. There, there is an order. And um, what I would say to people is that, you know, this kind of thing, that, that, like it's taken me a while to figure this out, but success is sequential, not simultaneous. Mm-hmm. We look at people who are out there and we say, you know, I, I came from a ministry background, right? Um, I came from a vocational ministry background. I worked at a church for a number of years when I was in my 20s and early 30s. And I was the music director. I was a worship pastor uh, for this church. And when I was going through my own transitions, right, um, this all started because actually I met some, I was in my early 30s and I met somebody, he was a pastor at a church in Colorado very similar line of work to what I was doing. Just, you know, 10 times the influence, a hundred times the influence. And after I met him at his church, big church in Colorado, um, I asked myself, Kelly, you know, in 15 years, if everything goes right, do I want this guy's life? And I said, no. And it started this whole process of me really trying to discover what I wanted to do. Or more importantly, what I didn't want to do. Right. And so I was reaching out for clarity. I was just trying to find, you know, um, 
you know, what steps to take. And I read all these books. I love books, uh, but there just wasn't anything out there. I couldn't find any, right? There, there were books about finding a new career. I didn't want a new career. I wanted to create my own career. I wanted to share my expertise. I wanted to just have the freedom, you know, to, to, you know, work where I wanted and, and do all these things. And so, um, just a little bit about how I got to that point, you know, like I grew up, like I said, playing music and I played in church and, um, I was doing conferences and I was persuading people all this time. I didn't know that I was doing that to take certain actions or join a team or, you know, I was writing music in a way that was very accessible to people, right. To, to my church growing up. And then, you know, the, the church that I worked at and I was making sure that all this stuff was easy to follow, very simple. Right. And I wasn't aware of it at the time, but everything I was doing was building relationships with people. It was connecting with people. It was making things accessible to people. So, you know, I instinctively, I knew how music worked, right? Just into it, but I never went to music school. And when I finally took this class in college, you know, they taught me what, you know, I'm going to get musical here. They taught me what a relative major is and what a relative minor is. I was like, oh, that's what that is. I didn't know that. And I was amazed that there was like this science and methodology to music. Music is like math, right? It's, it's replicable because there's a form and a structure, but music is also art because it touches the heart, right? And so when I started my journey, I started to realize the same thing with building a personal brand mm -hmm. and especially a business around a personal brand. That's who I work with. I don't work with just people who want to, you know, increase their reputation or change their, you know, reputation. I work with people who want to use their expertise, you know, showcase your unique expertise and build a personally fulfilling and profitable business. Right. So I just started to realize like step one, and I'm just, these, these are seven steps that I use uh, with all my clients. Step one, point of view. You got to have a point of view, right? So many other people do what I do. So many other people do what you do. Um, you're always going to have someone who's pretty similar to what you do out there. You know, even Michael Jordan, Kobe Bryant were very similar. You know, what I mean? like you're going to find some. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's one of the freak. Yeah. That's one of the frequent asked questions. How do I stay now? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So you got to have a point of view. And what I mean by a point of view is um, I tell, I ask people three questions. And I get emotional with the questions. I ask them, they're a little edgier on purpose. Number one, what ticks you off? Like what pisses you off? Number two, what breaks your heart? And number three, what's the big problem you're trying to solve? Because if you answer those questions, they come from the core. And that forms your point of view. So when I ask someone what pisses you off, that's the injustice that they see in the world. That's a very emotional concept in injustice. And what breaks your heart is compassion. That's another very emotional concept, compassion. What is the big problem you're trying to solve? That's your business. Business is nothing more than solving a problem for a profit, right? There are some problems that are not profitable to solve. That's why we have nonprofits. Yeah, right? We exactly. make money and we give to the nonprofit. But if you're looking to start a business, you've got to find a problem that is profitable for you to solve. When I went through these questions and when I was trying to get a hold of what, you know, I really liked or didn't like, focusing on what I didn't like actually gave me more clarity. Mm. So, you know, if you ask me, what do you want to do with your life? I don't know how to answer that. What, retire? 
like live yeah. on a beach? <laughs> like, well, I don't know. Right. That's all that. That's all. What would you do if you had all the money in the world? I don't know. Pay off all my debt. I don't pay off all my friends and family's debt. You know, what, what, what else is there? But when you ask someone, what makes you angry? What do you hate? What do you not like? And you leave it open-ended. You give room for people to give you unfiltered feedback. And for those of us here on this call who, who are from a Christian background, let me just be honest. We filter everything. Mm-hmm. We over-filter things. And we don't get to the core of who we are. You know, I'll be honest, like there was a time in my life I thought this was a bit blasphemous. Blasphemous. I use that word on purpose. Ridiculous. Blasphemous, being blasphemous is something serious. Me saying I disagree with my pastor on the color of the carpet is not blasphemous. <laughs> it's ridiculous, right? So we, we code all this language and we take something that's actually very, very sacred and we over apply it. Mm-hmm. To the, all these little things to the point that we lose who we are. And God is my entire identity. Well, then, if that was so, he just would have made a bunch of clones that look all alike and talk alike. And No, there's variety. He gave me my personality. He gave you your personality. He gave you your brain. He gave me my brain. He gave me our, you know, my body, your body. It, we're all different. So we express God in unique ways because we are all unique. So we over, over apply, you know, a lot of these spiritual things to things that are not really a big deal. That it's, it's a misapplication of those things. And so um, we then tend to cloak everything in, in this and we lose ourselves, right? We lose ourselves. So I just started to write down, Kelly, like what ticks me off? I, I hate commuting to work. It was as simple as that. Right. I hate, I hate pointless meetings. Mm. Uh, I hate narcissistic behavior from leaders. I mean, oh my gosh, I saw that all the time, right? Um, you know, and I just started writing, I, I hate someone telling me when, what days I can spend with my family, what days I can't. I hate the Christmas, uh, Christmas presentation. Like as the music guy, I had to do this Christmas presentation. I thought it was oh. a very, very bad use of my talent because I don't, I don't read music. I don't, you know, I was a worship leader. I was not a choir director. And so for three months every year, I had to do this thing. And I just hated it. I just hate, I was like, this is not, when I look back on my life, this is not a God and Mike thing. This is a, like, when I look back on my life, I'm not going to say, I'm really glad I spent, you know, 12 months, you know, working at this church for four years, 12 months of my life working on something that I thought was not really, mm-hmm. really a good, good use of my time. So I, I, I left my job, right? And so all that stuff ticked me off. And then when I thought about what broke my heart, what broke my heart was seeing people who were very talented, educated, capable, living a less than fulfilled life. And granted, at that point, I didn't make it yet, but I was making effort. Mm-hmm. And I, I was looking for people that I could walk with in my life, and they weren't there. They weren't there. People thought I was crazy. You want to do what? You want to break out of what? You have a good job. Why would you do this? You know? And it just broke my heart that people were living a caged life instead of a charged life. Now, if you hear all that, and then I tell you that, well, the big problem I'm trying to solve is helping people start a personal brand business. You're like, I don't know that those match. 
you know, like if you're a marketer, shouldn't you be really pissed off about bad marketing or brokenhearted about ugly websites? No. The people who are, they work in a marketing agency. I am more like a life coach disguised as a marketing guy. (laughs) (laughs) But when I realized that, Kelly, it locked me in and I had a unique point of view. And then that was step one. It allowed me to go to step two was to share my personal stories, which I just did with you Mm -hmm. and with all of you who are listening. You, You don't realize I just did that. Yes. But now I'm sharing personal stories then I choose a platform that I'm going to share these on. Today, it's this podcast. Other days, it's my podcast. Other days, it's a, it's a conference stage or you name it. And then I determine, now, if I'm going to build a business around that, I start to determine my positioning, my product, my pricing, my pitch, right? And how I sell it. And then I try to find partners for it. That's the business side. But if you really look at how this stuff stacks up, number one's point of view. Number two is personal story. Number three is platform. Number four is positioning, right? Number five is product. Number six is pricing. Mm -hmm. Number seven is your pitch. Number eight, as a bonus, you go find partners who will help you because you have all these previous seven steps built out. Like I said, success is sequential, not simultaneous. We think we have to do all these things at once. And the truth is that if there's a breakdown somewhere, it's usually in one of those previous steps because every step builds on the previous one. Right. I meet a lot of people who are in this entrepreneurial space and they say to me, I want to launch a product. There's no point of view. They don't have a personal story behind it. They don't even have a platform that they market on. How are you going to, they don't know their positioning. How are you going to sell this product? They say, well, I want to sell a product. I don't know how, to, how much to charge for it. Yeah. Last time I checked, Louis Vuitton doesn't have a problem pricing its products and neither does Walmart because they know their positioning. So what we think we need to figure out is actually not really what we need to figure out. It's something usually earlier in the process. So the, that's, I call that the brand you blueprint. And, uh, you know, that, that'll be what my, my upcoming book is on. It'll release next July. Uh, and so, yeah, that's, that's what it's on. Yeah, it's just an in-depth look at this, this uh, blueprint. So exciting for the book. Um, I was just asking, is this actually, are you going to plan to buy a book? Here we go. So that's a confirmation <laughs> for you right there. Um, so now, I know the next question is then people say, okay, got it. I need to have that seven plus one bonus stages and steps. That's it. If I do that, now next thing is how about visibility, right? It's again, so many people out there, uh, probably gazillion people do the same thing as I do. So how do we establish that visibility? Okay. This is a great question. Okay. Um, first, it starts with absolute clarity on what you do you have to be very clear on the problem you solve. Remember I said business is nothing more than solving a problem for a profit. You have to be very clear on the problem you solve. Now, again, an analogy for this. Earlier I said, when we talk about personal brands, it's like a Lego brick. We only have room, like limited amount of room for like Lego bricks, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, my nephews are playing with Legos a lot these days, right? And we're always looking for certain pieces and stuff like that. 
So if you are, uh, I know those of you listening on, on uh, the podcast can't see this on the video, but you know, I'm just holding up my phone as if it's a Lego brick, right? And this is my brain. You know, my, my brain has a limited number of pegs, just like a Lego brick. Okay. And in my professional life, when I want to find an expert on one topic, each brick is like a topic, Mm -hmm. you know, so I might have an eight peg brick and professionally, I might say, you know, what's important to me and my audience, you know, as, as a personal brand and a marketing coach. So I might have someone who uh, understands copywriting and then number two, web design, right? And number three, social media and number four, video and number five, podcasting um, and number six, video and YouTube and number seven, product launches and number eight, social media ads. And that's all I have room for, right? And when I want to fill, some, put someone on the Lego brick and fill that peg, that person just need, I just need to immediately think of one thing about them. That's all I have room for. So if someone tells me, well, Mike, I could do all those things. I don't believe them. Instinctively, I don't believe them. Cause I'm like, you're, you're, uh, you're good at many things, but you're a master at none. Right. I want to find the copywriting guy. I want to find the social media guy. I want to find the Facebook ads girl. I want to find the YouTube girl. And that's how I think. And that's how the partners that you're looking for think. So getting publicity without having that clarity is a really bad thing. It's a really premature thing. So, you know, I've heard you say, and I didn't tell you to say these things, but you've said multiple times on today's, during today's conversation, Mike's the personal branding guy and he's the copywriting guy. So those are two things that I pick. But you, if you really look at my brand, there's very few things on copywriting. It's mostly about personal brand. It's mostly about this framework that I've created. Because <clears throat> let a, lot of my, a lot of my colleagues already have somebody that's on the copywriting brick, on the Lego brick. Some of these guys are my friends. It's pointless for me to fight them. You know, fight for, and I don't want to. You know, the world is big. They're, uh, you and I have a mutual friend, Chris Ducker. I love Chris. Chris also does personal branding. He does youpreneur. Mm-hmm. When we hang out or we collaborate, guess what I do not do? I do not do personal branding because that would step all over him. So Chris will say, hey, can you come and speak to my audience in our membership community? What can you talk about? I, I say, I'm going to do copywriting. Because then I can be the jelly to his peanut butter. Right. So what we're always trying to do is we're trying to find people who will complement what we do and, you know, or, or bring an expertise that we don't have. So the key, the first step to publicity is really being clear on that. And just to give you an example, you know, or, or an analogy, how can you be the jelly to someone else's peanut butter? You can have a peanut butter sandwich. It's, it's okay. (laughs) But you know, you add jelly, it's great. In all of my life, my career, I've just tried to be the jelly to someone else's peanut butter. The one scenario where it's flipped is working with people who are in the personal brand space, like Chris. Yeah. You know? So, and if Chris speaks to my audience, I don't, I don't really, you know, we're close enough that I don't care what he speaks about, you know, and he doesn't care either. Um, 
if I speak about personal branding to his audience, it's all the same. You know, we have an abundance mentality, but to not confuse my audience, because they now are going to say, there's two personal branding people. I'm confused because they only have one room for one guy Mm -hmm. or one gal. So I might say, Chris has built multiple successful businesses. He's going to talk to us about entrepreneurship. Mm. And I can do that because even though I want, I don't, I love his stuff. I love his book. You know, he, he, he loves my stuff in that. I don't want to confuse our audience. So to serve them, it's like, no, he, yeah, he teaches personal brand, but he's very different. He's from, he's, he lives in London. He's got an accent. He's very different than I am. We have very different personalities, even though I think we're the same Enneagram number, right? We have very different personalities, right? Despite all that. So that's where the personal branding comes in right? It's your personality. It's your, it's, it's your energy. It's all those things. So um, yeah, that's, that's a very complex way of looking at it. Now, when you, once you have that clarity, you can start to put yourself out there with content. You have to share content. You have to make it easy for people to find you. Um, and with that clarity, you will attract opportunities. Um, it's more than maybe I have, uh, time to go into right now, but we cover it this, you know, a lot, a lot of, you know, book in the, it'll be in the book, but I call it the path, right? And when you start out, Kelly, you don't have anyone around you and people don't know who you are, but once you have that clarity, you walk the path and you feel restricted because you're only talking about, let's say personal branding right? For, for coaches and speakers and thought leaders. And I was like, yeah, but I, I was the former CMO of a company. I could do all these, all the other marketing bricks on the Lego. I can do all of that. doesn't work. Cause I focused on building a personal brand and on the client side of things, I focused on copywriting. Well, because I was a strong collaborator, mm-hmm. right. With people and I solved their problems. Right. Um, some of these experts who I followed started to contact me and ask me, can you write copy for our launch? So it started with Ken Davis and then it started with Michael Hyatt and that grew into Donald Miller and Ray Edwards and uh, John Maxwell, right? And now Daniel Amen is a big time doctor in the United States. Um, Joseph McClendon, the third, he's Tony Robbins, right hand man. How, what, how, how did that happen? Cause I had a skill one thing that I could help them with, right? The copywriting, the launch strategies on the client side. So even on the public side that I did all this personal branding stuff, I wasn't a competitor to them. I was a collaborator. Now, they love what I do for them. Guess what they do? Don Miller says, hey, I'm going to put your name in my book. Thank you for helping me. And people find out about it. And then John Maxwell says, thank you so much. Let's do a podcast together. Tony Horton from P90X, Beachbody. Mike, thank you so much. Let's do a podcast together. And people are wondering, how in the world does Mike get all this publicity? How does he have all these connections? Because I solved a problem for these guys and they knew what I could do. Mm -hmm. And that built my reputation. And I used their, I, I was able to leverage good relationships with them that they gave me publicity and it just elevated my status. So those are all real clients of mine. They are the celebrities. They are the A-list of the A-list in, in this industry, in my industry. And I didn't get them because they, look, Kelly, I'm going to be honest. They don't listen to my podcast. 
<laughs> John Maxwell does not read my blog. Tony Are you Horton sure? Are you sure? <laughs> pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I, I've been around the guy. I know how his, his life is. You see what I mean? So I was able to build almost like two separate businesses. Mm. They were very related, right? But one helped the other. So because I had a podcast and a personal brand, guess what? To these clients, I was not just a contractor. Right. I was, an, I was a collaborator. I was elevated in status. Whereas other freelancers who don't have a personal brand business, they're just a copywriter. Mm-hmm. They're just, you know, in and out, do the project, disappear. Nope. I was able to give these guys exposure. So you see how those things worked hand in hand. So you see, but I want to kind of, I mean, there's such an awesome, um, I don't know. It's not an answer anymore. It's just the whole, you, you, I mean, we can build a course around it, but um, it's, that's where people are confused sometimes. They saw like, okay, you hang out with all those A-listers. And sometimes they saw uh, uh, my podcast with uh, awesome people and then they wondering how on earth you guys get connected on that type of thing. I think, I don't believe that Mike just purposely sit from his computer and then just kind of start to pitch to those people. I think that won't work, right? Um, but, you know, I think that's a phrase I seen Papa John already say that. I think what he said, he said opportunity plus uh, preparation plus opportunity. Then we can talk about success, right? Uh, it's circle back to the original earlier moments in this podcast. We say that uh, personal branding, you know, um, process is really truly one of the greatest personal development journey. Um, and I think no matter this world, how it changed, uh, no matter how technology evolved, there are certain things won't change, which is relationship. You know, it's, you gotta have to be sincere when you, you, how you treat people and don't take advantage with people. I'm sure mine, you got it all the time. Probably people will say, oh, can you introduce that, that person to me? Or can you, you know, for me, relationship is not, it's precious, it's not to, it's not to be used, it's to, you know, it's to, to cherish. And um, so please, and then have that say, what you just heard what Mike described, don't feel burdened, say, oh my goodness, so am I gonna, gonna start this from the very get-go? I need to have two direction. I don't think that is what he meant, but, uh, but, but, you know, uh, I just want you to, uh, you guys out there listening or watching this, understand that everybody's journey is so different. And for me, stewardship, right? You, as long as you steward well what you have in hand, and I truly believe that, you know, God will bless how you steward. So, Mike, what do you think? It's, uh, you know, kind of based on the question of yeah. My goodness, yeah. I'm going to start with the two direction, right? I need to. Oh, no, 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 no. So let me, let me just tell you how all this works. Because what people really want to know is like, how did you get those gigs? Yeah. Okay. That's really what people want to know. <clears throat> Here's what happened with um, when I started out my career. Okay. I joined a membership site by Michael Hyatt about blogging and building your platform. It was $30 a month. 
I remember. I thought to myself, yeah, I thought to myself, this guy has 100,000 followers, but there's only 5,000 people in this community. I'm going to be, I'm going to stand out in this community just by doing the work. Because I know 90% of the 5,000 people are not going to do anything. Mm. And Michael at that point was paying attention to that community because we're his buyers. He wants it to work. So I would show up on the Q&A calls. I would call in all the time, you know, every month. I, 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 and he couldn't ignore me because I, I created, you know, the content. I did what, you know, he, he told people to do. And I knew out of the 5,000, I'd be maybe one of 50 people who actually did the work. And out of those 50 people, I was just like, I'm going to do my best to stand out and do good work out of those 50 people. So he noticed me, right? Then uh, he, the story from what I heard, right? I'm paraphrasing here. Years and years later, he, he knew who I was and I made some other friends in, in the industry. Uh, they tried to hire me. His company tried to hire me. And I said, I'm very flattered, but I don't, I don't want to work for a company. I want to be my own boss, which is what you literally taught me to do. Right? <laughs> and uh, so, but through that interview process, you know, um, I got to know his chief marketing officer, Chad. And years later, they did a retreat with Michael and his top affiliates for some launch. And, you know, Ray Edwards was there. He was a mentor of mine. Donald Miller, who wrote StoryBrand, was there. And Chad was there with Michael. And so Don said to the, ask the guys, guys, I need somebody to help me with my book. Who do you, guess, guess who they recommended? Michael's CMO and Ray recommended, call Mike Kim. Don Miller was like, I don't know who Mike is. Well, Don looked me up on my website and he looked at a bunch of my content and then he reached out. Now, if I didn't have that content there, if I just didn't have a website at all and they just said, email this guy, Mike Kim, it wouldn't have been the same impression. And Michael and Chad and Ray, they would not have recommended me to Don either had I not built all this content because I looked like an expert because I was an expert. I was the CEO of a company, right? But I was sharing my expertise. So we worked together on his, his project. And then, you know, he told people about it. That wasn't his job. He didn't have to publicize me, but he was really happy with the work I did with him. And word got out in the community. And uh, later on, like, you know, I had an old friend. This was unrelated an old friend who shot a music video for me back in my church worship days. And he, he was a videographer and he and his wife had gone down to Florida to work with John Maxwell. And um, he had been watching me from afar. Hmm. His name's Andrew. He had been watching my content on Facebook, on my podcast. He was watching, not, not John or his business partners, Paul and all these guys. They were not watching that. And he said, to them, you need to call this guy, Mike. And when they looked me up and they saw, you know, I worked with, you know, big name expert, this big name expert, that there was a lot of authority there. I wasn't just a contractor. So they called me and that's how I got the gig. So when I say I had two businesses, yeah, it seems like it, but they were really one. Mm -hmm. They just went hand in hand. One fed the other, one washed the other. And so my point is, this is why personal brand is so important. I have a lot of freelancing friends. People do not know who they are. Mm. And I'm like, look, if you just spend a little bit of time building up some content or start a podcast or start a blog and saying yes to some speaking invitations on a summit or something like that, launch a short, a small product, 
you will elevate your brand. So you come into the arrangement with additional expertise and leverage. Right. And so that's what I'm saying. You know, I, I would not have gotten any of these contracts if I was just a good copywriter because there are a lot of good copywriters. I had this different gravitas because I had built a personal brand. And because I had built a personal brand, I was able to say no. They knew I was able to say no. I said no to a lot of people. Like, mm. no, I don't, don't want to work with you guys. No, I don't want to work on this project. And I only started taking projects later on in my career that would help grow the brand. So that's really how it happened. So you, you guys are probably the first people to hear this story in public. People want to know that all the time, but that's really how it worked. And to your point, relationship, you know, I'll close on this. People always ask me like, you know, what's your philosophy on marketing? I say, marketing isn't about closing a sale. It's about mm -hmm. opening, opening a relationship. And that's all I did with these people. And that's why doors opened for me. And I, I was good at what I did. So, yeah. Exactly. Well, we cannot wrap up these podcasts better than that. And I think, you know, um, really boil it down. Well, you got to do the work. <laughs> you know, you even can have opportunity open up for you. Uh, oftentimes we heard uh, people say, oh, you know, I just because I don't have enough, I, the door did not open for me or I don't have enough, enough traffic. I often ask back well, one question is, okay, if today Oprah Winfrey interview you, are you able to take the order? Yeah, that's a great question. Right? Because yeah. if you will structure your, your thing, you are not prepared. How can, how can God even open the door for you? Because that will ruin you. It's just that I will not hand my car key to my teenage kids until they got the driving license. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Well, Mike, where, well, this is a kind of redundant, but I just going to ask you where people can find you. Obviously, we can put everything in the show notes, but let us know that when the book come out again, you say? Uh, it's July 2021. Wow. Yeah, so if, you go to, if you just go to MikeKimBooks.com, that'll be the link. Um, so that's, that would be great. Uh, audiobook will come out eventually. Uh, to hold your you know, appetites until then, uh, you could just listen to the podcast. It's called The Brand You Podcast. Uh, the book is called Brand You. And uh, if you use Instagram, I'm most active on Instagram at MikeKimTV. So that's where you can find me. Awesome. Yeah, you will see all the Legos. I mean, all the messy <laughs> stuff he's doing there. <laughs> but Mike, I just want to say thank you. Thank you so much for adding so much value to myself and also my podcast audience. Yeah, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. How did you enjoy this episode? Did you like me, like take a lot of notes? I hope so. Now, for all the information and goodies we mentioned in the show, please go to kellybarter.com forward slash 098. Again, it's kellybarter.com forward slash 098. Also, can you do us a favor that as you see, we are in the 98th episode. We are so excited to about to hit the hundredth episode. Did you know that average podcast actually only hit seven episodes and then they quit? So this journey has been labor of love. And of course, it's because listeners like you, your support means a lot to us. Can you go to kellybarter.com forward slash review 
and let us know what do you think about this podcast. We really love to hear from you. Thank you so much. I will see you in the next episode. Thanks for listening to the Christian CEO podcast at www.kellybotter.com.